0: Do you like apples? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Is <laughs> 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 here I like it. How do you like the Maples Kansas State bands? Your Wildcats do a little bit more than just handle business on homecoming. They eviscerate Oklahoma State to the tune of 48 to nothing at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, a picturesque fall Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas. Throw that result on top of it. K State fans all on cloud nine after taking in a decisive beatdown to help. Keep the Wildcats in contention for a Big Twelve Conference Championship bid. K-State now alone in second place at four and one in the league, standing six and two overall. Oklahoma State falling to six and two on the season and suffering their second loss in conference play. This is the College and Kimball Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Burkhart. So happy to be talking about this one, Cat fans, and and I just got to say here right at the outset, Will Howard deserved this type of an effort, this type of performance, and I still laugh at the fans who just a couple of years ago were berating this kid at every single turn, his true freshman season, the COVID season at that, and The unrealistic expectations for him and the production that he was expected to deliver just manifested in so much undue criticism. And to see him go and ball out in this setting against a top 10 team on your home field, again, absolutely deserved. Could not be happier for him and also for Coach Kleiman as well. And this was a big win for him. This was his first win over Mike Gundy, first win over Oklahoma State, obviously, and that was a big hurdle to clear. This was one K State needed to get at home. We we talked about this being really the the defining stretch of the season for Kansas State. If you if you wanted to be one of the top two teams in the Big 12 Conference, you needed to take care of business in your home cam- home games. Excuse me. And K State certainly did that, and now you set up a massive game against texas under the lights at bill snyder family stadium i'll talk about that one as we get set to wrap this one up a little bit later on but a huge win for coach Kleiman. first time in program history that k-state defeats multiple top 10 teams in the season of course k-state toppling the oklahoma sooners earlier in the year 41 to 34. you can now add this one to the list I don't know if K-State's going to see another top 10 team here in the regular season, but if the Wildcats do manage to take care of business down the stretch here and find themselves in the Big 12 championship game, likely matched up against TCU, they'll have another shot. But a lot of football left to be played there. Uh, and one other thing I do have to mention here, just at a high level level, this was the first time since 2002 that Kansas State has recorded multiple shutouts in the same season, and, and honestly, that that was kind of the vibe that I was getting as this one started to unfold, and it looked very apparent that K-State was going to just throttle Oklahoma State. this was this was not Snyder 2.0. This was Snyder 1.0. Just fashion teams and and make no mistake about it. This is, this is a good Mike Gundy team. This isn't a great Mike Gundy team, but this is a good Mike Gundy team and nothing should be taken away for from Kansas state for their performance this Saturday. And that kind of leads me in here to the game that was, I just have to say the national narrative and, and, and listening, not just to the call but also in listening to some of the national podcasts uh, that did the recap shows late Saturday night and early Sunday morning. A lot of folks trying to discredit Kansas state for this victory. I I heard Brock Heward, the color analyst talking about how Oklahoma state was just gassed and they had so many snaps run against their defense the week before. And and I I just got to say that candidly, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, but, Oklahoma State was on the their defense was on the field for 81 snaps against Texas, 27 minutes of possession time in that game. Guess what? K State was on the field for 82 snaps against TCU, and the Horned Frogs held the ball for almost two thirds of the game, 38 minutes of possession time. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. I, I know teams are banged up, but I, I, I think that is horribly disingenuous and paint such an inaccurate picture of what this game was. Kansas state dominated guys. There's no two ways about it. And it wasn't just Brock Hewitt. I heard that from Bud Elliott and Tom Fernelli on the cover three recap. I heard that on full cast after dark. I have not had a chance yet to listen to the solid verbal, but I'm sure that they will likely be looking to in some way, shape or form, pin this on Oklahoma state being emotionally spent after a rallying victory over Texas the week before it is what it is. But as I said, you don't apologize when you go and just beat a team down the way that Kansas state did. And with that being said, let's talk about this game. K state whooped that ass. There are no two ways about it. And, and, And frankly, I I think it really did start on that opening possession. K-State right down the field in pretty short order. And and admittedly, I I got a little bit squeamish when I saw Will Swanson drop. It would have been a big gainer, potentially a touchdown on that uh, on that first uh, or not the first play. But as K-State got deeper into that drive and it crossed into Oklahoma State territory, and then you have the fourth and five. You're kind of in no man's land at the 33, and then Deuce gets the delay of game for flinching in the backfield. Now you're looking at fourth and ten, and And you're like, okay, well, maybe, let's see, are they going to play a conservative here, take another delay a game and try and punt this thing? No, that's not at all what Colin Klein and and the offense was about on this day. They they were taking shots, and they were taking shots early in this one. And and Will Howard connecting with Cade on that fade route, I I think really did set the tone because I think this game, maybe the outcome doesn't change dramatically, but I I really think the Wildcats showed that they were going to be here taking swings all day long. And it was great to see Cade get into the end zone again. And this game really did just snowball from that point on for the Wildcats. They kept taking shot after shot at this Oklahoma State defense, which I understand was down a couple of guys, but Make no apologies about that. K State outgained Oklahoma State in this one, 495 to 217. And that, again, that narrative about Oklahoma State's defense being super gassed in this one. K State only ran 74 plays. Yes, a little bit on the high end for the Wildcats relative to what they've done this season, but not some absurd number for Kansas State. And for this Oklahoma State defense, the Wildcats were just that dominant in this contest. They doubled up Oklahoma State in yards per play, 6.7 to 3.4. They forced three turnovers. They did everything that they needed to win by this type of a margin. And as we look at this one, I, I struggled, honestly, to think about what unit I wanted to commend the most. I, I started at the outset by saying this was absolutely Will Howard's day. He deserves so much credit for Kansas State. And frankly, that's where I do want to begin here. It's not at all to, to speak ill of the defensive performance that we got out of Klanderman's group. I really do just want to start with Will Howard just because of the growth that we've seen from him here really just in these two weeks. After taking over, for all intents and purposes, taking over as starting quarterback here uh, in the immediate aftermath of the Adrian Martinez injury against TCU, that was, or that it was against who it was against, who's to say. But Will Howard's taken advantage of this opportunity, connected on 21 of 37 pass attempts for 296, four touchdowns. That tied a school record. There were 16 other instances in which a K-State quarterback has thrown four touchdown passes. Most recently, it was Jesse Ertz against Central Arkansas way back in 2017. But again, recalibrate for caliber of opponent here. This was a a tremendous effort against a top 10 team. So wonderful to see that out of Will Howard. And the more remarkable thing to me, Colin Klein really didn't run him in this game at all. If you take out a couple of those uh, QB sneak carries at the end of the first half, uh, there was that third down and two on the Wildcats' third possession where I thought Will Howard got a shit spot from the side judge on a play that I thought he pretty clearly had leaned forward and gotten the necessary yardage to convert and move the sticks, but the spot was bad on that. But only five carries for Will Howard in this ballgame. This was very much about being a, a, a modern college offense, one in which you, you did not need to use the quarterback like a battering ram, which is always so refreshing to see. And Will Howard just balled out. There, there are no two ways about it. Uh, if you really do want to nitpick in his game, did he miss some guys? Yeah, there were some missed throws. There was the play to Senate on a, on a flag patter going into the south end zone where Senate turned back inside, and Will threw it to the outside shoulder there. Fortunately, nobody uh, in the Oklahoma State secondary home to pick it off. Uh, there was a play where he was forced out to roll out of the pocket to his left, threw a ball against the grain. Malik Knowles had to play defense on that one, break it up, and prevent an interception. And again, little things here and there. There was also the wheel route to Deuce Vaughn, where if he holds that ball for maybe another half-tick, Deuce Vaughn has nobody in the secondary around him, and just and, and Will Howard just missed him uh, running down that far sideline. Again, some things here and there, but it, it's really hard for me to be upset with the the outing that we got from him. Uh, the 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 astonishing thing to me, only eight yards an attempt for Will Howard in this game, and, and it seemed like Kansas State was just taking shots all afternoon and. and that's what I love to see most of it from the Wildcat offense in this one. The, this was not some conservative game plan. Yes, you worked in some intermediate throws, some bubble screens here and there, but K-State was really pushing the ball down the field. Again, a lot of deep, deep shots. Cade Warner, Malik Knowles targeted 13 times in this ball game. And, and again, th- these were not guys that were breaking dudes off on, on little five-yard hitches or, or just running little... Short ins and outs. Uh, the, these were deep throws, and, and I love to see that out of Colin Klein in this offense. Again, I thought they got Oklahoma State off balance so early in this game, just by hitting the explosive the 38 yard touchdown pass to Cade Warner on that first drive, and then you spring Deuce Vaughn for the big 62 yard run on your next possession. And, and from that point on, it was it, the route was on, guys. And, and Oklahoma State's defense really had no answer for it. I know Mike Gundy spoke very confidently about Adrian Martinez being the starting quarterback and 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 I don't think gundy had any really necessary necessarily wasn't worried about will Howard just based off of the way that his defense and the the previous two starts will Howard had against Oklahoma State they had pretty well sat on him um, maybe they should have prepped a little bit differently and I I, I still think we're, we're in this really fortunate time period now where defensive coordinators Likely didn't know what to expect and what to prep for because what do you think about this? That TCU effort from Will Howard, <clears throat> excuse me, is that just an aberration? K State felt like they could take some shots against a team that have been pretty leaky on the back end and giving up some explosive plays in the passing game, or is that truly what Colin Klein wants to attempt? to do with Will Howard at quarterback. And I think we got a much more definitive answer this week with K-State, again, being as aggressive as it was in the passing game, pushing the ball down the field as much as it did. You love to see it out of this Wildcat offense. I, I, again, I don't think you're going to be in a as fortunate a position going up against Texas where I really think the, the the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. I think Texas is going to have a much clearer picture of the Will Howard that they'll need to prep for. But again, the way that this offense is humming, I feel pretty good about it moving forward. And uh, we'll obviously have a conversation, myself and Justin Nutter, about the future of this position here, not just next season, but also what what does the remainder of this season hold at the quarterback position? Um, If and when Adrian Martinez gets to a point where he feels healthy enough to go, who's to say who's going to start at quarterback? Uh, Just by virtue of the fact that Will Howard has performed as well as he has in, in, in the under the brightest of lights, on the biggest of stages, he has absolutely delivered for this Kansas State offense. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how Coach climb and the offensive coaches elect to handle that decision moving forward. Um, I'm I'm a proponent of go with the hot hand. And if, if this coming week against Texas, if Adrian is still not quite right, I say keep rolling with Will. I don't think there's anything that's Real, he hasn't shown anything in his game here, through at least these first two conference appearances that he's had, to make me feel discouraged or feel like he should have a short leash. He's performed well above expectation, and I, I don't think you you pull the ball from from his hands if if you even if Adrian Martinez is is close to healthy. I think you keep riding the hot hand here, but again, a bigger conversation for later on in the week. A uh, couple other notes here um, on offense, Deuce Vaughn getting back to his normal self. I, I felt kind of like a fool when I saw when I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I should say after the TCU recap, where I felt like Deuce had a little bit of an issue getting from third to fourth gear. And then uh, later on in the week, I saw a graphic or get tweeted out that clocked his speed and he got up just shy of 22 miles per hour on that touchdown run against TCU. And he hits another explosive this week against Oklahoma State, just running away from the Cowboys secondary. Got a great block from Cooper Beebe on that play to spring him right up the middle against this Oklahoma State defense. And Deuce very much looks like he is back to his normal self. Uh, ran for a buck 58, had the had the big touchdown run, and also had a very nice reception touchdown uh, and a great recognition on the part of Will Howard on that play on that third down and goal situation towards the end of the first half flex deuce vaughn out to the slot saw that he had off coverage saw that he had had man coverage got the ball out in a hurry deuce was able to corral that one to make it 35 to nothing or 34 to nothing 35 nothing after the Ty pat uh, again deuce was deuce and, and I'll, I'll touch on some superlatives here momentarily as it relates to him but he had another Terrific performance for this K-State offense, eclipsing that 100-yard mark once again. Uh, Malik Knowles, I kind of touched on, targeted 13 times in this game, had a new career high with 113 yards on eight receptions. Cade Warner had a couple of touchdowns for this K-State offense, as I've already alluded to. The 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 flare screen out to the boundary got some great blocking on that play uh, from Ben Sinnott, You saw Hadley Panzer, just ragdoll a guy, <laughs> and this offensive line as a whole was. Again, tremendous uh, all day long. Uh, only one tackle for loss surrendered in this ball game. No sacks of Will Howard. Only allowed four quarterback hurries, and and that, and that's going to happen when you almost you know you almost have 40 dropbacks in this game. Uh, you're you're going to get forced out of the pocket from time to time. And Oklahoma State's defensive line is really the, the best unit uh, that they have. Uh, that back end I already touched on is a little leaky for the pokes. K-State certainly took advantage in this game, hitting a lot of explosives in the passing game. You just love to see it. Um, as far as how I would grade the offense, play calling, everything in between, the flow of the game as well, it's it's an A+. Uh, I, I, I can't really be all that frustrated with what they did Uh, Yeah, you went stagnant for a little bit after you got up 14 to nothing, but it it didn't end up hurting the Wildcats in any way. Uh, uh, They they finished drives once they got into the red zone, all four trips, they came away with points, two touchdowns, two field goals. Honestly, the two field goals that came in the second half came on drives that were a little bit longer. Uh, K-State extended those out, ate up some clock, uh, about four minutes each on those two field goal drives to make it 38 and then 41 to nothing. Yeah. you would already put the game away. So how much more satisfied am I if K-State cashes both of those for touchdowns versus settling for the field goals? I mean, I'm not going to say I'm I'm unhappy if it's 56 to nothing or 63 to nothing. But at the end of the day, this was a a one-sided, lopsided victory. I'm not going to harp too much on the fact that the offense went stagnant at a couple of points in this ball game. At the end of the day, you had six touchdowns on 12 possessions, two field goals, no turnovers, clean sheet. It was great. And again, Colin Klein, like I said, entrusting Will Howard to do a lot of different things to run this offense to its full capacity again. You love to see it. You just love to see it. Could not be happier for Will Howard, as I've already touched on. Could not be happier for Colin Klein uh, after catching some heat. Uh, again, for for ha- how the second half was handled against TCU, came back in a big way. Great, great performance by the offense in this ball game. So let's go and look at the defense now for Kansas State. And this group was lights out, and, and, and I know I wanted to start off by, by throwing a lot of praise on the offense, but the defense honestly deserves equally as much, if not more so, uh, because th- this is Mike Gundy's calling card, is, is offense, and, and real quickly, I'll go through the numbers going into this game for Oklahoma State. Third nationally in scoring offense at 44.7 points per game, K-State sits on him goose egg. Passing offense, 313 yards per game, 14th nationally. K-State cuts that number in half, 163 yards, less than five yards per attempt. Rushing, this isn't a particularly good running football team. They only average 153 yards per game on the ground. K-State held them almost 100 yards under that, 54 yards, only 1.8 per carry. And frankly, if you take out uh, Gunner Gundy's little scramble late in this ball game, it would have been under under a yard of carry. K-State was nothing short of suffocating on, on the defensive side of the ball. And total yards per game, 466, that's 24th nationally. K-State holds him to less than half that, 217. Unbelievable, unbelievable effort by Klanderman's group. And it's hard to really point to any one particular guy. Dudes just flew around. You saw Felix disrupt that little end-around play on a third down. Josh Hayes cleaned it up, stopped Oklahoma State. Julius Brant's coming through with a a big interception in this game. Crew Jackson getting an interception for the Wildcats late in the contest to to preserve the shutout. Uh, You had the machine on, on that play where it looked like this might be the point in the game where Oklahoma State kind of punches back. It's 14 to nothing. This is a big completion uh, from Sanders to Brendan Presley. He takes it into what would have been the K-State red zone, but Austin Moore chases him down from the backside, pops the ball loose. It kind of just Brendan Mott, who's already on the ground, just kind of rolls on it and recovers it for uh, for the K-State defense. That was really the moment in which I I felt like this game was going to get out of hand, and that's absolutely what ended up happening. So, you can't say enough about all the guys, top to bottom, and it was really it was a great day for the unit that I was most concerned about, and frankly had thrown a little bit of criticism towards. I was worried about how Nick Allen was going to hold up, uh, knowing that he would need to step in for Daniel Green. He leads the team with eight tackles in this ball game. Austin Moore has another great outing as well, forcing that fumble. Uh, he's only on the field though for 39 snaps, uh, which is a very atypical for what we see from him. He's usually out there pretty much every single play, uh, but we saw Desmond Purnell play well, Jake Clifton getting a lot of snaps at linebacker as well, almost had that interception on the ball that ultimately was end- ended up getting picked off by Julius Brents. Jake Clifton tried to climb the ladder so close to tipping that one, but Brents right there on the overthrow. Receiver slipped coming out of the break. They take advantage get the INT uh, another couple of guys I'll mention here Jacob Parrish, the, the freshman out of Olathe North, 31 snaps for him at corner. VJ Payne getting in for 23 snaps. Gavin Fourche. It, it was truly the ideal type of effort that you got out of this Kansas State defense in that you were able to get a lot of reps for a lot of different guys, get some guys some experience in a big time game. Again, I know this one got out of hand, but. In-game reps are are truly invaluable, and it's really hard to replace that type of experience. So you love the fact that so many guys were able to see the field, and also the fact that they were able to rest rest some guys. King Felix, only on the field for, I believe it was 32 snaps. Uh, Khalid Duke, after that first half suspension, he's only needed for 15 snaps in the second half. You, You liked a lot of different elements of that from this Kansas State defense, and these guys, as I said, cannot credit this group enough for what they did. This is the first time Oklahoma State's been shut out since 2009. That was a 27 nothing loss at Oklahoma in Norman. Uh, and that was a good Oklahoma State team. That team ended up finishing the year 9-3, and three, going to the Cotton Bowl. This is kind of what Mike Gundy's teams do when they, and I think this is, as I said, this is a good Mike Gundy team, not a great one. This is a good one, and I think this Oklahoma State team will will rally. I know everybody likes to point at the fact that they're beat up, and Spencer Sanders isn't really feeling quite right and whatnot. I I think this Oklahoma State team will absolutely rally, and they'll pick up a couple more wins. And this, frankly, I think this win is probably going to age a little bit better than the win over Oklahoma did, uh, just by the virtue of the the performance we've seen from the Sooners to date. But K State's defense did it all. They won key moments in this game. Uh, Oklahoma State was just five of thirteen, excuse me, five of fifteen on third down, uh, and K State won big in fourth down roulette. Uh, Oklahoma State was zero of three on. Meaningful, I'll say meaningful fourth downs. They got a, a late one on what was ultimately the last possession of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State's offense had in the ball game. So K-State K holds them to one of four on fourth down officially. But like I said, that that last one was really inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Havoc rate off the charts, over 20%, 20.6 to be exact. Six tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, two picks, three pass breakups. Man. You just loved so many things from this defense this past Saturday, and it's it's going to be another challenge here uh, against a very explosive Texas offense. One that's also going to have a week to rest and get right. But man, the, the, this group the, this was this was a ninety as I said on Twitter this was a ninety eight level ass whooping. And everybody, I'm I'm sure that's listening to this has seen the 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 short clip of gunner gundy's palms shaking as he's getting ready to take a snap already down 48 to nothing man that that's when you got to just say you know what it's time to be chill because this game is well out of hand and whatever i do is not going to swing this thing one way or the other uh unless gunner gundy was getting in on some uh live uh live action when the spread was 48 and a half on or something but uh but yeah uh, that moment alone should warrant a A for Klanderman's group in case it wasn't painfully obvious. I'm going to be a pretty generous teacher here this week. Just a thorough top to bottom sensational effort from every single player out there on that side. Again, you really have to nitpick with the defense, more so than the offense, to be quite honest, because they just sat on Oklahoma State, and that doesn't happen to Mike Gundy teams very often. So Klanderman's group gets an A, and You just love to see it. You love to see it. That This was just a, a wonderful day for every side of the ball for Kansas State. Also specials getting into the act for the Wildcats. We haven't seen Phillip Brooks really do anything in the punt return game. He springs a big one in this game, has 53 yards uh, as far as punt returns go. Also had 41 yards receiving and a touchdown on that front. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty happy. It was my pick to pop in this game. So whenever he touched the ball, he gained almost – 20 yards a touch, and he had a touchdown in the ballgame. I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, Ty Zettner did take over kicking duties in this contest, uh, connected on a 23- and 29-yard field goal, all six of his PATs through the uprights. I don't know if he's going to be the guy moving forward, but no beef with the decision to to open things up by Chris Kleiman. We, We talked about it, Nutter and I did, during our preview episode, it, it, it sucks because Zettner's a senior, obviously, and, and Chris Tennant was the guy we had all kind of looked to to be the future of the, the place-kicking position, and, and to have to relinquish that duty midway through your, your second year as a, as a starter, it, it's, it's unfortunate. But in the same breath, th- this team is in a great position now. It's in a position to to be one of the top two teams playing for a Big 12 championship in Arlington the first week in December. And sometimes tough decisions have to be made and credit to Zettner for taking advantage of the opportunity. You, you certainly hope that this doesn't totally erode whatever confidence Chris Tennant has as far as kicking goes, because again, I, I think he is going to be asked to, to take over that position in earnest next season. Uh, we'll obviously see what comes of that battle or if K-State goes out and attempts to recruit more kickers. But uh, for the moment, Chris, uh, excuse me, Ty Zentner is your place kicker for the Wildcats. As I said, perfect on all eight of his kicks on the day. I mentioned Phillip Brooks as well. Coverage units were great for the Wildcats. Uh, Again, they forced three turnovers, so that's going to skew the numbers somewhat, but the Wildcats average starting field position for Oklahoma State was their own 22. For K-State, it was their own 33, so a pretty decided edge in that department for Kansas State. Your specials were lights out. Your defense was lights out. Your offense was lights out. It it was the most complete effort. Specials going to get an A this week as well. And that's going to bring me to coaching next. Uh, all the post-game videos that came out in the locker room, Chris Kleiman mentioned that exact point. It, it was the most complete, thorough, dominating performance he has been a part of. A- and really, when you take into account the fact that K-State's beaten some, some bad FCS teams a- and some some other opponents by some pretty wide margins during the Chris Kleiman tenure, to say this about a victory over a conference opponent, and not just a conference opponent, but one that was ranked in the top 10, I think that's saying something. And as we look forward here, we, we did get a little bit more clarity in the Big 12 conference race. TCU continues to just find ways. um, And that might be somewhat misleading. Their their offense did not get slowed down at all in Morgantown uh, and and credit to TCU for, for not just winning, but also covering the number that seven and a half and also covering my team total 38 and a half over. So good on you uh, Sonny Dykes and company for taking care of business. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that TCU at this point is is going to be one of the top two teams in Arlington. I know there are still a couple of potential roadblocks for the Frogs. they have got a road trip to Waco coming up and and don't sleep on Baylor here. Don't sleep on Baylor at all, because be it not for a couple of bizarre and and, and ill-timed turnovers against the Mountaineers in Morgantown, Baylor would be four and one and right in the uh, thick of this conference race. Uh, and, And also TCU still has a game against Texas remaining on the schedule. So, they, they put themselves in a position where they can afford a loss, maybe not two, depending on who those L's come to, but TCU still very much looks like they're going to be one of the top two teams that's going to be playing for a Big 12 championship. Now, who's going to be who are they going to be playing? That's the big question. And right now, Kansas State sits alone in second place in the standings. Tiebreaker over Oklahoma State is obviously big as the Pokes. Uh, continue to fade back and in, in, into the conference picture. Unfortunately, at three and two with losses to TCU and Kansas State, Oklahoma State is really not necessarily in contention at this point. They would need a whole lot of help from some other outside <laughs> from other teams to be able to to get back into the Big 12 conference title race. But don't totally count them out. And, and as I said, don't sleep on Baylor. That that team looked. Da- uh, dialed in against texas tech in a night game in lubbock first win for baylor in lubbock since 1990 we're going all the way back to the southwest conference days there but that was a nice decisive win by the bears and, and texas tech was really never in that game that they they at one point had made it 24 to 17 midway through the third quarter but that was after T, after a an unfortunate Baylor turnover and, and Tech took advantage on a fourth down and was able to get in the end zone. But that Baylor ran away from Tech in that game and, and they were dominant, plus four in turnovers, 40 minutes of possession time, and, and again, just another very dominant performance by Dave Aranda's bunch, which is still very much in, in the conference title picture, don't sleep on Baylor at all. Do not sleep on them. Uh, the, that loss to West Virginia looks bad, but at this point, I think Baylor is absolutely going to have a say in, in who goes to the conference championship game. Which brings me to the upcoming game for your Wildcats. Texas lingering here at 3-2 in the league, coming off of a bye week, This is going to be, dare I say, the biggest home game since K-State defeated Texas back in 2012 to win the Big 12 championship. And this line, when it opened up on Sunday morning per Circa Sports, was a pick. It has now swung to Texas. Horns are favored by a point and a half per fan duel. And I think a lot of that is Vegas expecting somewhat of a letdown from this Kansas state team. And I think a lot of folks in the desert are also putting a whole lot of stock in the fact that Oklahoma state is quote unquote banged up, even though they're, it's not as if they were running their scout team out there, guys, K state dominated an Oklahoma state team that still had plenty of their frontline guys in there. But Honestly, I, I, I could not be happier with the fact that K-State is a dog going into this game. And as a fan, I try to be as measured as I can be because I, I try not to be prisoner of the moment. And, and that's, that's what I always strive to do when I do these shows. But I am not ambivalent about Texas. This is a program, this is a school that tried to kill the big 12 conference they tried to kneecap every program that is not a blue blood they tried to take money out of your pockets they tried to say that our players our coaches our money means more than you i'm sorry guys i I want this game i want this one badly and the the crowd that we got this past saturday was great but man, y'all need to take it up a notch for this one. This, this game means a lot. And, and if you can defeat Texas, you've put yourself in a great spot to be one of the top two teams in the conference standings by season's end. You will have, for all intents and purposes, eliminated Texas from the conference title picture. That would be their third loss. And they still have... Games against TCU and Baylor left on their schedule. Don't forget about that game against Kansas as well. The return trip to Lawrence after last year's loss, that's that's still very tricky. And K-State still has everything out in front of it. That's the big takeaway here. That's what I said after the loss to TCU. It holds true this week because you took care of business. So, Cat fans, get excited. This is going to be a tremendous atmosphere at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Could not have asked for... A better kick time by getting the night slot prime time. You're going to be going up against Alabama and LSU as far as viewership goes. This is what happens. You, you win big games, you get to a big stage, and you got to deliver. And Chris Kleiman has, has already cleared a couple of hurdles this year. We we all knew and we've seen him deliver the, the unexpected victory, obviously popping Oklahoma back in 2019, doing it again in 2020. And delivering an unexpected win in norman this year as well we we knew that was in the bag so to speak and we've seen climb take steps forward and and going into Ames and getting that win over an iowa state team that was desperate for it and and k-state still found a way to win by only scratching out 10 points and he clears the mike gundy hurdle first win over him and now you're going up against a team that you haven't defeated yet in three cracks. So you got another big time opportunity and you get it into your own backyard and you got to take advantage of it. Get excited, Cat fans. It's going to be a big game this coming Saturday in Manhattan. We'll be here to preview that and break it all down later on in the week. So keep your eyes on the College and Kimball podcast feed. We'll be dropping that episode for you. Going to shoot for Friday as we always do. So, thank you very much for the download, for the stream on whatever your preferred app is. Follow us on Twitter at college underscore Kimball. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up the way that I always do. Cats, man. If you know, you know. You move, Chief.